The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's seven minutes past eight and uh, today we're looking at how do we determine who is eligible to claim land. The Department of Land Rural Development and Land Reform says fraudulent land claims have been posing a serious serious challenge rather a serious challenge to the restitution of land rights programs here in South Africa. Now Rural Development and Land Reform Department sends a warning to criminal syndicates who pretend to assist people in lodging land claims. The department is currently amending the restitution of the Land Rights Act in order to reopen land claims. The draft amendment will also seek to establish a full and effective land claims court and to make fraudulent land claims a criminal offence. To discuss this, we are on the line to Mdu Shabani, Director General at the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. A very good morning to you. Good morning. And we also welcome Professor Ilingwe Mayenda from the Central University of Technology in the Free State, who's also Chairperson of AgriCita. Very uh, good morning to you, Professor. Good morning. Now, before we continue with this discussion, I want us uh, to first listen to this report by Mercedes Besant, the as we mentioned, the Rural Development and Land Reform Director General Mdu Shabani, saying that fraudulent land claims have been posing a serious challenge to the restitution of land rights program. He also issued a warning against syndicates and criminals who pretend to assist people in lodging land claims. Our parliamentary correspondent, Mercedes Besant. The Department of Rural Development and Land Reform is currently amending the Restitution of Land Rights Act in order to reopen land claims. The draft amendment bill also seeks to establish a full and effective land claims court and to make fraudulent land claims a criminal offence. The Department's Director General Mdushabani says fraud in land claims remains a challenge. Our experience is that some people have been lodging fraudulent land claims. That takes a lot of time in researching claims that are fictitious, that are frivolous. So some people go out of their way to deliberately defraud the system. So, so, so the bill seeks to criminalize uh, those, uh, those tendencies by those who, who seek to make a quick buck out of the state. The proposed draft amendment bill aims to make provision for those who had missed the 1998 cut-off date and the Khoisan people who had lost their land prior to 1913. Shabani says since people became aware of the possible reopening of land claims, several syndicates have emerged trying to take advantage of the process and possible land claimants. They will go around collecting money from people taking their names and their ID numbers, facilitating, especially when it comes to payment of financial compensation. As we speak now, we are even aware that since we've been talking about possible reopening, there are some people around the country who are going around charging people money to say, we are going to be assisting you in lodging your claim. Now, this process is free. There is nothing, there is no cost to the, to the claimant. Meanwhile, Democratic Lawyers Association, Nadell, is calling for ethical conduct from the lawyers assisting landless people. Nadell has recently taken a resolution to help reverse the legacy of the 1930 Natives Land Act through ensuring access to justice. Nadell President Max Botkwana says lawyers should put ethics above money when dealing with land cases. Claimants must know that they do not need necessarily need money or need lawyers to be able to process these claims. But also it's important that lawyers throughout the country, not only for this 
matter, act ethically in matters of this nature. Botswana says playing their part in ensuring access to justice is a responsibility lawyers should not neglect. That role is particularly important when we deal with landless people, the poor uh, farm workers and working class in general. And I think that's the role that we need to play as lawyer organizations to ensure that that access to justice is achieved. And the issue of redistribution of land in this country is at the center of justice. As far as women are concerned, questions are continually raised as to whether men or women benefited most from land restitution. The Trust for Community Outreach and Education Director, Mashia Andrews, says the NGO will continue to monitor the reopening of land claims to ensure that women become beneficiaries. Even if it means that we've got to begin to introduce changes to this legislation that says how many women are part of this claim. But she also warned that women have to be their own liberators, calling on women to take the lead in ensuring that they are not left behind in the land reform programs. We also have to encourage women to be organized so that they follow the process because they must be their own liberators. But do women benefit less from land restitution and why? The Chief Land Claims Commissioner Nomfundo Kobodo says this is a challenge to be addressed. We are beginning to actually identify um, the number of women who actually benefit uh, from the restitution process. But the challenge that we face is that the restitution process is a, it's a rice-based project and therefore people claim based on what they lost. So if it was a community, it's a community that claims, whether male or female. But what is important for us is to actually ensure that in that community, the rights of women are protected. The first phase of public consultations on the draft restitution of land rights amendment bill started last month. The department's director general Mdushabani says the 30-day public consultation process has been concluded more than a week ago. He says the department is now finalizing the consultation report after which it will be submitted to cabinet. Mercedes Vicent, SABC News, Parliament. And we are, as I mentioned earlier on, in conversation with Mdushabani, Director General of the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform, as well as Professor Gelingwe Mayende from the Central University of Technology in the Free State. He's also chairperson of AgriCita. Let me start with you, Mr. Shabani. Uh, I won't go back to some of the problems that you've experienced because I think Mercedes uh, pretty much outlined them. But what has been seen as a challenge just with regards to uh, land claimants has been issues such as the bad advertising and obviously you are remedying the whole issue of the cutoff date by this amendment but people not quite understanding which uh, categorizations should be uh, lodging a complaint of dispossession or even claiming back land no, thank you for, for, for this opportunity um, the, the, the primary focus of the of the amendment uh, bill uh, is that uh, we want to allow people uh, who could not get an opportunity to lodge claims uh, within the, the prescribed period that was that ended on the 31st of December 1998. These are people who lost their land through uh, discriminatory legislation of the past. Um, in our consultation process around the Green Paper on Land Reform, 
we have found that uh, quite a number of people who have successfully claimed their land have said to us, uh, we, are, we have benefited from the restitution process, but we do know that there are people who were with us who were left out of the system. Uh, they have been encouraging uh, government to consider reopening. Um, obviously, the numbers also speak for themselves. If you go to the, to the research uh, of, uh, of forced removals, you will see that there would be, there would be a, there's a report, for instance, that says 3.5 million people lost, were removed during that time. But only just under 80,000 people lodged their claim. So, so there's a huge number of people that were left out of the system. This is the category of people uh, that we are seeking to accommodate through this amendment. Now, there was at a time, I don't know if through the amendments you deal with this, but uh, those who were dispossessed as a result of betterment of and homeland consolidation, those were precluded from uh, applying for uh, land restitution. Is that correct? That's a bit of a, a, a sensitive matter. Um, I, they were not uh, precluded in terms of the law. I, I think an impression was created that uh, they would be dealt with in terms of uh, in terms of a separate process. As a result, they did not lodge their claims uh, by by 31st December. But where did that where did that impression come from? I think at the time when the process was open, uh, I think there was a, a problem of uh, interpretation uh, of, 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 of the legislation. It, it was mainly a misinterpretation by some of the officials of the department itself at the time, um, and, and as such, uh, people did not claim. But I think um, many people didn't see betterment uh, as dispossession. So, so, so many of them also just did not uh, consider themselves as, as victims of forced you, you mentioned that it was a sensitive matter, and it is indeed a sensitive matter, but I'm going to go there. Some have argued that the reason it's sensitive is because it's resulted in claims by whites. But that, that is not the, the main issue. There, there, there are many people uh, that, that we do know that we are affected. I think, for instance... Uh, one of the things that the apartheid state did uh, in consolidating uh, homelands was to aggressively acquire land in and around uh, your former homelands uh, try uh, in their attempt to try and, uh, and, and, and decongest as it were some of these former homelands and many of these whites uh, uh, many of the farms that were acquired belonged to white people who were who were expropriated. In the main, what we are aware of, some of these uh, white people are basically claiming that uh, they were not adequately compensated. They are not uh, claiming the kind of dispossession that was carried out as a result of the 1913 land or the 1936 land. Mr. Shabani, I'm not sure what's going on with your line. Um, I don't know if it's uh, the quality of the line we have to you. Perhaps uh, we might have to call you back, or I don't know if you uh, need to perhaps get a better station. But let me go to Professor Mayende while we do that. Professor Mayende, uh, you heard what uh, Mr. Shabani was saying, that part of the problem uh, may have been misinterpretation by government officials. But uh, uh, look Looking at section 
section 25 of the constitution does it exclude the whole does it exclude those uh, who were dispossessed of land especially uh, prior to 19 June 1913 within that betterment and homeland consolidations program Thank you, and uh, good morning once again, and uh, good morning to Mdu. Uh Unfortunately, I also didn't hear uh, what Mdu had to say. Uh, I didn't hear him at all, uh, so there's uh, definitely something okay. wrong with, uh, with, 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 with his line, and I hope it will be, it will be rectified. Well, we are trying to do that. The question I was asking him, though, is that uh, could part of the problem have been the fact that uh, there were people who uh, fall under uh, dispossessions that took place under the betterment and homeland consolidations and that they'd been discouraged to claim for land restitution? And he says that uh, is a sensitive matter, but part of the problem could have been uh, lack or a difference in interpretation by officials within the department. And I'm asking if that is indeed the case, or does Section 25 of the Constitution not lead to people believing this? Yes, uh, I, I, I agree that, uh, you know, to, uh, the Director General is correct uh, in, in, in saying that there, there, there was, uh, especially at the initial um, stages of the restitution period, that is from 1995 when it was launched, to somewhere around 1999, uh, there, there were uh, issues around uh, interpretation. And this is because uh, at the time, uh, the approach generally speaking, if I may say so, was very rigidly legalistic, uh, where you had uh, uh, all claims being processed, you know, not only through the Land Claims Commission, but also through the Land Claims Court. And uh, the rigidity came, came in where, at the time, again, the Act, uh, in, term, in terms of Section 2, I think it's 21A, in, in, in defining who, uh, what kind of a person can can claim, uh, said this should be a person or community dispossessed of property on or after 19 June 1913 due to um, racially based laws. But then later on, this was changed to say racially based laws or practices, and the insertion of the term or practices is actually what brought about uh, uh, the, 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 the change and, and, and made it possible for um, administrators, you know, for people who were processing claims in the land claims commissions to have a wider scope in terms of uh, the people whom they could bring in or encourage to uh, lodge their claims. And this also, this change also came with a change from a, 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 what I call a rigid legalistic approach to a much more flexible administrative approach, where claims that were not contested, that did not uh, raise uh, complex uh, legal issues, that did not have uh, uh, concerns okay. around uh, maybe counterclaims and conflicts and so on, 
could be uh, uh, sorted, I mean, could be settled by the commissions. Professor, in the interest of time, so that we can get callers in on this conversation and read some of their SMSs coming through on this issue, is it possible then that uh, while this uh, amendment process to the Restitution of Land Rights Act is underway, that some of those, due to the very um, challenges that you're mentioning, are probably making what they see as legitimate claims but are now being seen as fraudulent claims? Yes, well, I've heard the Director General's comment about uh, the phenomenon of uh, fraudulent claims. It is uh, quite a worrying uh, thing. Uh, because it would certainly be a major drain on the taxpayer and it would waste a lot of time of the government administratively. And, uh, you know, certainly it needs to be dealt with. Uh, but I'm not quite sure about uh, the scale and scope of this, of this phenomenon at this stage. Uh, however, I think it should be welcomed that uh, the department... Is, uh, is awake to this threat and is, uh, is uh, taking steps to ensure okay. that we'll get back to Mr. Shaban. Fraudulent claims is dealt with effectively. We'll get back to Mr. Shaban and take your calls on 0891 or SMSs. You can send them to 34701, 34701. I'll read some of the SMSs that have come through in just a moment, but also take your calls 0891104208. The question we're asking, how do we determine who is eligible to claim land here in South Africa, 0891 South Africa's already constrained power system is put under severe strain as the cold weather sets in. Please switch off your geysers, pool pumps and non-essential appliances during the evening peak period. Minimize the use of electric heaters, especially during the peak period between 5pm and 9pm by dressing warmly. Using gas heaters, hot water bottles and blankets. So keep warm while using less electricity and help us beat the peak to keep South Africa powered up. ESCOM, powering your world. The city of Joburg has rolled out the installation of 11,935 smart meters to address challenges related to meter reading and improve billing accuracy. The smart meter project will ensure that residents are able to get real-time registration of their electricity and water usage. The use of technology in making cities smart is one of the issues to be discussed at the Metropolis Annual Meeting on 16 to 19 July 2013 under the theme of Caring Cities. Metropolis is a meeting of world mayors who come together to discuss issues of common concern in order to improve the quality of their citizens' lives. Joe Berg, proud host of world-class events, proud host of Metropolis. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 25 minutes past eight, we're discussing who uh, is eligible to claim land, 0891 We're joined by Mdu Shabani, the Director General of the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform, and Professor Gilingwe Mayende, who is from the Central University of Technology in the Free State. This, as the department says, uh, uh, there are fraudulent land claims being made, seeing that the department, uh, seeing the depart- since the department rather has amended the restitution of the Land Rights Act. Some of you are saying on SMS, this one says, um, Hi, Tipso, we, we were visited in our village in King Williamstown by people, officials of the department. What seems to be a challenge was that, uh, fortunately, that's not uh, complete, that SMS. Let's see, this one says... Um, 
can a person claim if he was given land by deceased and not still living on land, says Jan. He wants to know this. Um, this one says... Uh, Unfortunately, some of the SMSs are incomplete, so please do bear with me. This one says, plus charges in court, including fraud and corruption. Why are the blacks in government so good at theft? Is it because... uh, uh, Joe, I'm not quite sure what this has to do with the issue that we're discussing. Perhaps if you could just uh, flesh it out a little bit more and explain to us how they connect. This one says, I was approached by a lawyer and a woman to apply for land restitution, but I have never stayed on that land. Woman taken 10,000 rand if approved. Brian Kumalo. Um, the, your calls Swami in Durban we need to look at original landowner that's what you're saying yes I am uh, it's quite clear that you know the original landowners are the ones they should be claiming uh, it's it, 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 it strange that uh, some uh, racial groups that are claiming land are claiming land from which uh, Africans uh, the aborigines were, were removed from for instance in the Guatemala area, uh, the Mfera tribe were removed from their land. Still today, they are fighting for it. But you'll find that a non-African will come and claim for the same land you know, for, for which an African should be claiming. And I do not believe that you need to, to, to treat the legislation to say that you know, fraudulent land claim is, is a criminal offense. It, I mean, fraud is a criminal offense. You don't need any special clause in the, within that. So if people can prove that there is a fraudulent land claim, they, 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 they should, you know, okay. uh, use the uh, also I'm afraid uh, we've lost you there, Mswami. Jeff Mpumalanga, you share the same sentiments. Yeah, I'm saying that the, the current of the, of the 1939 Act is not right because most of our land, especially the people, the colonizers, during the Friday Wars, before 10 Friday Wars, Amata Tulen was taken away from, from them uh, by a decree sometimes that was issued by Glenelg. You see? Okay. Jeff in Pumalanga. Perhaps, Mr. Shabani, we could get you to respond to some of that. It does sort of go back to the question that I was asking. How do you determine who is eligible for land? What instruments, uh, land restitution, or redistribution? How do you make those determinations? I know it's there within the Constitution and the Lands Act, but perhaps if you could just uh, expand on it for us. No, thank you. Uh, what is important is that... Uh, as soon as the claim is received, one of the critical milestones uh, in processing of the claim is that the department uh, conducts uh, in-depth research uh, into the disposition. Um, this includes uh, field work. This includes uh, going into the archives, uh, the interviewing uh, of the members of the families that were directly affected. Um, so, so, so research is quite a critical milestone uh, in, in this particular exercise. So, so we will not necessarily be fused by uh, by people who are saying uh, that, uh, for instance, the case that uh, has been made by one of the uh, callers from Guadalajara, where there are African people and then the Indian, I mean, and, and, and uh, other non-African. Uh, uh, families that are gaming. Research should be able to tell us because through that research we are able to go back as far as possible in terms of who lived on that land 
under uh, on what basis uh, information on the archives uh, doing a proper family tree doing the analysis there should be able to assist you and then it is the actual individuals in those homesteads or household households uh, that, that, that are critically important there is also another area where okay. we see people who are not related to the families who lived in those areas who who who, who who have got no relationship with the with the shared land or area, who then through the back door get onto the list claiming to be related to those particular families. When so we, the research is quite a crucial instrument. We're, we're just going to the news desk for 8.30 news headlines with Utzile Sako, but when we return, I want us to look at the use of uh, forensic uh, experts to determine the age of documents to verify uh, whether or not a person has a valid claim, but also complaints by the TLUSA East uh, farmers also complaining about, about what they see as unfair land claims, how exactly uh, that is determined or defined. 8.30 news headlines now with Uzi Lissa. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. At uh, 25 minutes to 8, we're looking at the issue of uh, how do we determine who is eligible to claim land. Uh, with us is Mdu Shabani, Director General the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. Professor Gilingwe Mayenda from the Central University of Technology in the Free State, also Chairperson of AgriCita, also in conversation with us. I'm going to read some of a few SMSs and uh, I'm going to get back to my guests in just a moment. This one says, uh, the claims are yet again opened for a short period while the land was lost perpetually over hundreds of years. Why? That's not signed. Jay in Nelspreet says, this is the only asset that non-Africans, I mean whites and Indians, don't have a right to. Only Africans must claim land. This one is from Stay in KZN. So all these claims are not addressed properly. Africans are still victims. Farmers ignore their farms before being evaluated to look unproductive. Uh, DG, the land was lost over 100 years. Why do you limit the claiming period to less than five years? Rousseau Manche writes. And uh, just to come back to you, uh, Mr. Shabano, on that issue of um, fraudulent land claims. I, I mentioned the fact that uh, uh, there is a complaint from TLUSA uh, East, TLUSA East in which farmers are saying that they've, uh, the organization has investigated something like 2,000 suspicious claims in Mpumalanga, the Northwest and the Free State, Natal as well. Are you aware of this and that some of the claims were withdrawn after they were questioned? So can you repeat the question? Sorry, I, I, the, the line is not that Pete, very clear. Pete Kemp of TLUSA East says they've received something like 2,000 suspicious claims in Mpumalanga, the northwest province, the Free State, and KwaZulu-Natal, and that some of the claims were withdrawn after they were questioned. But basically what he's saying, he's accusing department officials of not really doing the legwork, the groundwork, to ensure that the claims are legitimate. He uses an example of a farm, for instance, in Oda, Odo, Hootspreit, Groenvle and Mount Farm, the district of Standerton, where he says uh, they published a government gazette on 17 June claiming land. But what they did is they went to the community, walked with them through the farm to, de- to determine which land they were claiming. And it was found that it wasn't the land that they'd said it was that they're claiming. Oh, okay. No, thank you very much. Uh, let me start by saying... Um, that, that is going to happen. You, 
as soon as the lodgment of the claim is opened, there are people who may not strictly follow the criteria. They may not be qualifying to claim, but they do then still continue to lodge their claims. And it is the function of the department to then investigate uh, the claims. So, so if 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 uh, 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 Tao says they've received uh, suspicious claims. Um, I, I don't think that is an indication that the department is not doing its work. That is why the commission, uh, after investigating claim, dismisses some of the claims because they do not meet the qualification criteria. Not every claim that is lodged uh, qualifies, and, and, and therefore they, 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 they get dismissed. So, so that, that is the case that they are referring to is not a unique case. And uh, we're taking your calls 0891 Perhaps, uh, Professor Mayende, you'd like to comment on some of the issues that are being raised. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you very much, Tsepiso. Uh, um, yeah, just on the point that Ndu has been mentioning about uh, investigating claims, you know, about the research that has to be done. I, I think uh, what needs to be highlighted here is that uh, a lot of experience has been gained over the years, this, this process has been running for the past 18 years already. And in terms of uh, methodology, the, uh, the, 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 the officials of the department who have to investigate claims, you know, utilize a multiplicity of methods, which as a social scientist I would refer to as a triangulation, if you like, uh, a method. Uh, where, you know, different kinds of approaches to uh, uh, verifying the information are, are used. And indeed, experts are utilized in some instances, especially historians, anthropologists who, you know, can assist with ethnographic and other forms of research and so on. Um, so uh, I would like to really say that... Uh, uh, there, there is a fairly good sense of comfort, I think, uh, that uh, in terms of dealing with the, uh, the claims themselves from a research point of view, you know, the, the, the methods that are used, used as a, to me, in, uh, at least, you know, from, from, from a distance, would, would seem sufficiently watertight to ensure that these so-called fraudulent claims that, uh, and, and, and indeed, Real, really fraudulent claims that are identified would, would easily be weeded out of the system. Well, we are taking calls on 0891 uh, This one says, Morning, I missed the 1998 deadline to submit the application for restitution. So where do I submit the forms? I lived in Benoni Old location with my parents it's uh, just simply signed Mpumalanga uh, the claims are yet again opened for a short period okay we read that one so it's this episode at uh, black people who are original South African from Silo and Tembis I suppose referring to those uh, classifications we were speaking about earlier on and this one says DG please intervene in the Northwest officials are not willing to assist at all Memello these are SMSs. Calls now, um, 0891-104-209. Mr. Khan in Durban, you want to speak about corruption on land claims. 
Yes, madam. Uh, good morning to you all. Good Gentlemen. morning. Could I ask, Mr. Khan, that you please switch off your radio? While we do that, we'll go to Mbulelo in Peter Maritzburg. You want to ask, is it possible to claim land which is taken years ago? Uh, morning, Tatiswa. Uh, I just want to find out, here, Tatiswa, because history tells us, mainly as Africans, we, we relied mainly on oral history. During late 1800s, 1860s, 70s, there were land, specifically uh, the land in question, land between Underbeck and, and then Lesotho. That land was taken away during uh, white people's campaign. Is it possible to claim that land? Because uh, before 1913, uh, I was able to find out from, from, from your, from, from your guest if, if it's possible to lodge that kind of a claim. Uh, I remember in 2009, during the uh, former president in Peggy's tenure, there was a land, Makoba land, that was uh, returned to, to, to its original owners, but some parts of land went uh, returned to, to its original owners. Is it possible to... to, to okay, Mr. Mbulelo, we'll, we'll try and answer that question for you. Mr. Khan, I don't know what happened to you, but do call back if you get the chance to. Mbulelo and Peter Maritzburg, Randall in Cape Town, you say you want to claim your parents' land. Good morning, Mr. Thank Randall. you for this opportunity. I just need to know from Mr. Mdu in regards of the Eastern Cape. My mother and my father have given me information as to land that they were dispossessed from. How do I do the necessary claim? Is it since my parents are both deceased? Right. Thank Th- you. Thanks, Randall. I've got an SMS here that says, can I claim land that was given to a chief traditional leaders during creation of homelands? Mandla in Nelspreet wants to know. Um, perhaps I'll get Mr. Shabani, the DG, to answer this. Mr. Shabani? No, th- thank you. Uh, l- let me just start by saying, in the, in the, when, if the bill is approved, what we have uh, started doing now is to prepare for electronic lodgement of claims. Because one of the things we found is that uh, there are people who then uh, duplicate uh, lodgement claims from the department and then use those to invite people to fill in. So our our lodgement process is going to be much more tighter now. People are not going to just receive uh, applications. Mr. Shavani, you still with us? Unfortunately, we seem to be having a very bad line to that. Uh, uh, Professor Mayende, if uh, you have any contribution to uh, some of the questions being asked by the listeners, please uh, go ahead and answer that. But I'd also like to talk about the research methodology with regards to the restitution process. Has it improved? Let's first start uh, with the answers to the questions raised by the listeners, and then we'll go to that question. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, my, my, my view, I think, which is quite well known by now, uh, on, on the whole issue of 1913, is that uh, indeed uh, it, it's really a, a, a severe constraint to, li- to, to limit claims to a date as recent as 1913, especially in the light of the fact that by then uh, the bulk of the land had been taken away in any event. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's almost like, uh, you know, akin to closing the stable door after the horse has bolted, you know, uh, where, where we, 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 we have to say that, you know, our approach is limited to claims that uh, 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 
date after or from 1913 onwards. But I, I guess that's a debate that will be ongoing in our country for some time. Uh, hopefully, I really do hope that at some point it will be resolved by way of saying perhaps we may have to relook the Constitution altogether in order to, 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 to see if there is no way in which uh, the whole issue of historical dispossession can be addressed. Uh, because, you know, for instance, if you take the Eastern Cape, uh, uh, the bulk or the, the large majority of people who were dispossessed were indeed dispossessed during the, the frontier wars, you know, which, uh, which took place prior to 1930. Now, on the issue of uh, the gentleman in the Western Cape who said, uh, can you lodge on behalf of his parents? Yes, indeed. I think even the the legislation is quite clear that uh, claimants uh, can be—I mean, claims can be lost by the claimant himself or herself, or the community itself, or their representative, or their direct descendants, and so on and so forth. But I'd just like to come, if, if you may uh, 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 allow me, very briefly on the issue raised by Tau SA, because I really think uh, this cannot go unchallenged. You know, where there are institutions and organizations in the country who are quick, you know, to arrogate upon themselves, you know, this thing about saying claims are illegitimate and so on and so forth, when in actual fact they are hell bent on frustrating uh, the process itself. And uh, this is what uh, uh, I think has been experienced with institutions and organizations like Tau SA all along where what they are, they are doing, instead of supporting the process, instead of uh, doing anything positive, you know, uh, to support what is actually a national or should be a national project, uh, which is part of the reconciliation process in the country, they are actually trying all the time to throw stones and throw spanners in the works uh, and then come up with this notion that there are things that are illegitimate and so on. So the long and short of what I'm saying on this particular issue is that such uh, allegations really need to be tested. Uh, but how, know, how do we test them and how do we resolve them? Because some oh, say oh, oh, they oh, need oh. a political yes. resolution, Professor Mayenda. And I, I'll come to the issue of people who say, how do you... I mean, I've heard this a lot on SAFM through callers saying, how do you claim land where nobody was occupying it? How do you prove that it was uh, taken from you because that land was not being used... Some say that requires more a political resolution. No, I, I think that the, the DG has hit the nail on the head, has been very correct on this issue, and I think has consistently uh, uh, and repeatedly said that uh, the basis on which the determination would be made as to whether a claim is legitimate or not, or the process, is research. You know, and, and uh, I added my, my own view to this to say that the, the department over the years has really fine-tuned its, its, its methods in terms of uh, research and ensuring and finding ways and means of ensuring that indeed these claims are found to be, uh, those claims that are legitimate would be found to be legitimate and they will be thorough, because they will be researched uh, thoroughly. 
Well, let's uh, go back to Mr. Shabani. He is back on the line. Uh, speaking of research, there were complaints at some point that the uh, system that you were using, the research system that you were using uh, to verify some of these land claims were weak. Have you improved on it? No, thank you very much. I'm uh, sincere apo- apologies for the bad line. Um, what we are doing is that we are mindful uh, of the fact that uh, we may not have all the capacity that we need uh, to improve that uh, process. We have signed an agreement with, for instance, the Human Sciences Research Council uh, to, to put a team together that will work together with the department and uh, we will also work with the uh, rural universities. Uh, who are going to form part of these various research teams that are going to not only bring uh, about much-needed critical mass on the ground to research uh, the claims speedily, but also to bring in uh, high-level expertise uh, at the level of those institutions to make sure that uh, the the research uh, is credible, uh, the state is not being accused of bias. And I think uh, many of the institutions that I'm referring to, the universities, HSRC, pride themselves in quality research. So there should not be any space for people, for instance, like Tau, uh, to then claim that uh, the research itself was, uh, was, was, uh, was suspicious okay. or was dubious. Let me take one or two more calls, 0891 104 and then we'll, we'll come back to the broader framework of a reform uh, and how all of this is impacting on it oh, 0891 especially la- ra- land re- restitution and redistribution oh, 0891 Mr. Khan in Devon back on the line uh, you want to t- talk about corruption of land claims Mr. Khan please switch your radio off ok thank you One second. ok we're going to speak to Martha in the Eastern Cape uh, Martha and good morning to your guests. Good morning, Mama. Yes. Is my line clear, Tabiso? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Tabiso, mine is just a comment. I'd like to add on what the DJ was saying about using archives, research, which might, of course, take longer, and some rural universities, okay? But also having come from the rural areas of Makatel, where these villages were far away from others, and also those farms just below the Drakis Mountains where there were few people living alone in the farms. But I'd like to say in order to curb this corruption, nobody ever lived in isolation. If it was a farm that was further off for other people, definitely that people that live in farm had interaction with other people in terms of trade and so on. And also the villages, nobody can just come and claim and say I was living here. People here about know who lived there. But also I'd like to add that maybe if we have in the departments of corrupt officials, they'll go to those people whom they know that they know nothing and uh, say they would they would help them. But in the meantime they'd be doing some fraud I'm not accusing the officials but I think the department should also notice that. Okay, thank, thank you, you very, very much, much. Tepiso. Norman in Kwazulu Natal, land you're a land valuer. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, I'm a a senior citizen. I've been involved with uh, um, land reform matters, uh, valuations, including back to the old Group Areas Act. I go a long way back. I've made a deep study of the current situation. I would like the uh, 
direct, the DG and others to do. He, they may as well admit now that the implementation, implementation of the claims lodged by the 1998 cattle state was, has been very badly run. They blame lack of capacity. Uh, claims were admitted well after the date. They cannot deny that. There were fraudulent claims, and they don't have the capacity to handle the so-called 80,000 claims that were lodged, I reckon more like 30,000, and how they are ever going to deal with claims. Now, every second person in the country will have to be a civil servant to handle okay. the machinery of this. Can I talk about that, please? Uh, okay. I thought you were talking about that, Norman. I wonder if you'll allow us, because we are running out of time, to perhaps get the Director General to respond to that. Sandile, in Devon, just very briefly, you want to talk about how you can prove who owns land? Yeah, so I want to um, I, I think so there's, there's a key question. Yeah, the key question here is why, uh, how can people who never really had documentation be able to prove that they own land? Um, I, I think I think it's, it's a very it's a very difficult situation where you find where where we find we find that a lot of communities do not have documentation, but they do not even understand the rigidity of the system that is that is used to, to for land claims. Why can't the people who own land currently prove that they own land and they own it rightfully? And if not, so the, the, the whole system for me I find it very very distorted that you ask communities to say, well, my parents died about. 20 years ago, and I have to claim their land, and you have no proof, no documentation. At the end of the day, those people will fail, and all these claims will be will be will be rendered um, 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 to be fraudulent because they cannot prove some of them. All right, thank you so much, Sandile. Um, just to read one or two SMSs before I get back to you, DG and Professor, to um, answer some of these questions, but also I want to locate land restitu- restitution within land reform, what the broader framework is that you're looking at. This one says, hi, Nondo here, what can be done to claim land in Langezwa as someone is making people to pay for it and is now rich from it? I would like to help my family to claim it. This one says new claims won't work because whites have their own government called the Constitutional Court says Ernest and uh, this one says answer please land is given through uh, will can claim for registration if you live on land. Jan wants to know. Um, let's start with you Mr. Shawane and then come to you. If I could just ask you briefly to answer that and Professor. Let me start with Norman. I think uh, we've I've, I've stated that uh, we, we realize that we don't have all the capacity that we need, and uh, we that's why we have established these partnerships that I'm referring to with HSRC and rural universities to work to work with us uh, on the issue of people without uh, documentation that lost their land. I think we've set, we've settled thousands of such claims. Through our research, we are able to assist those people. They don't all have to have documents because they were denied to legally own land and have title. So we still uh, consider those claims, and those are the people that we that, uh, that we work with. On the other caller on about uh, corrupt officials, that is why we are saying we we want to criminalize that. If the officials of the department themselves are involved in such uh, fraudulent uh, cases, uh, they will also be charged. So. And we will, will be able to deal with that. We will announce uh, the, 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 the stations where people can lodge claims. Right now, people shouldn't be uh, 
lodging any applications. We will announce where they must go, what kind of criteria will follow, and, and, and all of those relevant details. At the present moment, people must just hold on and not uh, submit uh, such claims. Professor, just to come to you, Ernest, talking about the Constitution, uh, and I know what is being mooted is a a repeal of the property section, but the greater uh, plan for this, people are saying you can talk about land restitution, but uh, the bigger idea here should be how do you fit in this process within land reform and a broader framework of agrarian reform? Yes, uh, thank you very much, Sipiso. I was hoping that this, this issue, this point would arise. Uh, indeed, you know, we, we should always bear in mind that uh, uh, the restitution program is located within a broader framework of land reform. And within this, is, there is even a broader, uh, 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 an even broader framework, if I may put, uh, put it that way, which, is a, which should be agrarian reform, where, you know, land reform must form part of the process of transforming the agricultural sector in our country. Because as we speak, something in the vicinity of 40,000, only 40,000 uh, white farmers own uh, the bulk of the land, something in the vicinity very close to 80%. Of the land, which which makes uh, this group actually to, to to have the characteristics of an oligarchy of, of particularistic interests, you know, and, and this can never be healthy for the country. Professor Mayende, if you'll allow so, me to stop you right there, it's a conversation. I promise you that we will continue uh, as we continue to look at the anniversary of the Land Act. Mdushabani, Director General of the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. Thank you very much, Professor Gilingwe Mayende, Central University of Technology, Free State, as well as Chairperson of AgriCita. Thank you as well. Thanks to the team, Klenyue Mabaso, Misho Shandlale, Tracy Boomgard, Nzuakiku, Lungile Mabaso, Dogozo Kuzwayo, Ronald Piri, and Jake Mukoma. That brings us to the end of AM Live this morning. Thanks as well to our chief producer, Buzilu Koto, Busi Chani, and Obrisejea, our executive producers. It's 9 o'clock. Uzile Saku has your news update.